Section eleven of London Labour and the London Poor by Henry Mayhew. Volume one. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Peter Yearsley. The Street Folk, Part eleven. Of the street sellers of fish. Of the kind and quantities of fish sold by the London costermongers. Having now given the reader a general view of the numbers, characters, habits, tastes, amusements, language, opinions, earnings, and vicissitudes of the London costermongers, having described their usual style of dress, diet, homes, conveyances, and street markets, having explained where the donkeys are bought, or the terms on which they borrow them, their barrows, their stock money, and occasionally their stock itself, having shown the ordinary mode of dealing, either in person or by deputy, either at half-profits or by means of boys, where they go and how they manage on their rounds in town and in the country, what are the laws affecting them, as well as the operation of those laws upon the rest of the community. Having done all this by way of giving the reader a general knowledge of the street-sellers of fish, fruit, and vegetables, I now proceed to treat more particularly of each of these classes seriatim. Beginning with the street fishmongers, I shall describe in due order the season when, the market where, and the classes of people by whom, the wet fish, the dry fish, and the shellfish, are severally sold and purchased in the London streets, together with all other concomitant circumstances. The facilities of railway conveyance, by means of which fish can be sent from the coast to the capital with much greater rapidity, and therefore be received much fresher than was formerly the case, have brought large supplies to London from places that before contributed no quantity to the market, and so induced, as I heard in all quarters at Billingsgate, an extraordinary lowness of price in this species of diet. This cheap food, through the agency of the costermongers, is conveyed to every poor man's door, both in the thickly crowded streets where the poor reside, a family at least, in a room, in the vicinity of Drury Lane and of Whitechapel, in Westminster, Bethnal Green and St. Giles's, and through the long miles of the suburbs. For all low-priced fish, the poor are the costermongers' best customers and a fish diet seems becoming almost as common among the ill-paid classes of London as is a potato diet among the peasants of Ireland. Indeed, now the fish season of the poor never, or rarely, knows an interruption. If fresh herrings are not in the market, there are sprats, and if not sprats, there are soles or whitings or mackerel or place. The rooms of the very neediest of our needy metropolitan population always smell of fish, most frequently of herrings. So much so, indeed, that to those who, like myself, have been in the habit of visiting their dwellings, the smell of herrings, even in comfortable homes, savours from association so strongly of squalor and wretchedness as to be often most oppressive. The volatile oil of the fish seems to hang about the walls and beams of the rooms for ever. Those who have experienced the smell of fish only in a well-ordered kitchen can form no adequate notion of this stench in, perhaps, a dilapidated and ill-drained house. 
and in a rarely clean room and i have many a time heard both husband and wife one couple especially who were sweating for a gorgeous clothes emporium say that they had not time to be clean the costermonger supplies the poor with every kind of fish for he deals usually in every kind when it is cheap some confine their dealings to such things as shrimps or periwinkles but the adhering to one particular article is the exception and not the rule while shrimps lobsters and so on are rarely bought by the very poor of the entire quantity of fish sent to billingsgate market the costermongers stationary and itinerant may be said to sell one-third taking one kind with another the fish sent to london is known to billingsgate salesmen as red and white fish the red fish is as regards the metropolitan mart confined to the salmon the other descriptions are known as white the costermongers classify the fish they vend as wet and dry all fresh fish is wet all cured or salted fish dry the fish which is sold pickled is known by that appellation but its street sale is insignificant the principal fish staple so to speak of the street fishmonger is soles which are in supply all or nearly all the year the next are herrings mackerel whitings dutch eels and plaice the trade in plaice and sprats is almost entirely in the hands of the costermongers their sale of shrimps is nearer a half than a third of the entire quantity sent to billingsgate but their purchase of cod or of the best lobsters or crabs is far below a third the costermonger rarely buys turbot or brill or even salmon unless he can retail it at sixpence the pound when it is at that price a street salmon seller told me that the eagerness to buy it was extreme he had known persons who appeared to him to be very poor buy a pound of salmon just for a treat once in a way his beat or rather readiest customers for at sixpence a pound all classes of the community may be said to be his purchasers were the shopkeepers of the busier parts and the occupants of the smaller private houses of the suburbs during the past year salmon was scarce and dear and the costermongers bought comparatively none of it in a tolerably cheap season they do not sell more than from a fifteenth to a twentieth of the quantity received at billingsgate in order to be able to arrive at the quantity or weight of the several kinds of fish sold by the costermongers in the streets of london it is necessary that we should know the entire amount sent to billingsgate market for it is only by estimating the proportion which the street sale bears to the whole that we can attain even an approximation to the truth the following table gives the results of certain information collected by myself for the first time i believe in this country the facts as well as the estimated proportions of each kind of fish sold by the costermongers have been furnished me by the most eminent of the billingsgate salesmen gentlemen to whom i am under many obligations for their kindness consideration and assistance at all times and seasons table showing the quantity weight and measure of the following kinds of fish sold in billingsgate market in the course of the year readers note the table has four columns number of fish weight or measure of fish proportion sold by costermongers 
End reader's note. Wet fish. Salmon and salmon trout. 29,000 boxes. 14 fish per box. 406,000 fish. Weight. 3,480,000 pounds. One twentieth sold by costermongers. Live cod. Averaging 10 pounds each. 400,000 fish. Weight. 4 million pounds. One fourth sold by costermongers. Souls, averaging a quarter of a pound each, ninety-seven million five hundred and twenty thousand fish, twenty-six million eight hundred and eighty thousand, one fifteenth sold by costermongers. Whiting, averaging six ounces each, seventeen million nine hundred and twenty thousand fish, weight six million seven hundred and twenty thousand pounds, one fourth sold by costermongers. Haddock, averaging two pounds each. 2,470,000 fish, weight 4,940,000 pounds, one-tenth sold by costermongers, place averaging one pound each, 33,600,000 fish, weight 33,600,000 pounds, seven-eighths sold by costermongers, mackerel averaging one pound each, 23,520,000 fish, Weight twenty three million five hundred and twenty thousand pounds, two thirds sold by costermongers. Fresh herrings two hundred and fifty thousand barrels, seven hundred fish per barrel, one hundred and seventy five million fish. Weight forty two million pounds, one half sold by costermongers. Fresh herrings in bulk one thousand and fifty million. Weight two hundred and fifty two million pounds. Three-fourths sold by costermongers. Sprats. Number of fish omitted. Weight, four million pounds. Three-fourths sold by costermongers. Eels from Holland and eels from England and Ireland. Six fish per pound. Total, nine million seven hundred and ninety-seven thousand seven hundred and sixty fish. Eels from Holland. One million five hundred and five thousand two hundred and eighty pounds. Eels from England and Ireland, 127,680 pounds. One-fourth of the total sold by costermongers. Flounders, 7,200 quarterns, 36 fish per quartern, 259,200 fish. Weight, 43,200 pounds. All sold by costermongers. Dabs, 7,500 quarterns, 36 fish per quartern. 270,000 fish, weight 48,750 pounds, all sold by costermongers. Dry fish, barreled cod, 15,000 barrels, 50 fish per barrel, 750,000 fish, weight 4,200,000 pounds, one-eighth sold by costermongers. Dried salt cod, 5 pounds each, 1,600,000 fish, weight Eight million pounds, one tenth sold by costermongers. Smoked haddock, six hundred and fifty thousand barrels, three hundred fish per barrel, nineteen million five hundred thousand fish. Weight ten million nine hundred and twenty thousand pounds, one eighth sold by costermongers. Bloaters, two hundred and sixty five thousand baskets, one hundred and fifty fish per basket, forty nine million seven hundred and fifty thousand fish. Weight Ten million six hundred thousand pounds, one fourth sold by costermongers. Red herrings, 
one hundred thousand barrels five hundred fish per barrel fifty million fish weight fourteen million pounds one half sold by costermongers dried sprats nine thousand six hundred large bundles thirty fish per bundle two hundred and eighty eight thousand fish weight ninety six thousand pounds none sold by costermongers note costermongers dry their own sprats End note two hundred and eighty eight thousand fish shellfish oysters three hundred and nine thousand nine hundred and thirty five barrels one thousand six hundred fish per barrel four hundred and ninety five million eight hundred and ninety six thousand fish weight not stated one fourth sold by costermongers lobsters averaging one pound each fish one million two hundred thousand fish weight one million two hundred thousand pounds one twentieth sold by costermongers crabs averaging one pound each fish six hundred thousand fish weight six hundred thousand pounds one twelfth sold by costermongers shrimps three hundred and twenty four to the pint four hundred and ninety eight million four hundred and twenty eight thousand six hundred and forty eight fish measure one hundred and ninety two thousand two hundred and ninety five gallons one half sold by costermongers note the half bushel measure at billingsgate is double quantity or more correctly a bushel End note. whelks two hundred and twenty four to the half bushel four million nine hundred and forty three thousand two hundred fish twenty two thousand and sixty seven half bushels all sold by costermongers mussels one thousand to the half bushel fifty million four hundred thousand fish measure fifty thousand four hundred half bushels two-thirds sold by costermongers cockles two thousand to the half bushel sixty seven million three hundred and ninety two thousand fish measure thirty three thousand six hundred and ninety six half bushels three-fourths sold by costermongers periwinkles four thousand to the half bushel three hundred and four million fish measure seventy six thousand half bushels three-fourths sold by costermongers of the costermongers fish season the season for the street fishmongers begins about october and ends in may in october or a month or two earlier maybe they generally deal in fresh herrings the supply of which lasts up to about the middle or end of november this is about the best season the herrings are sold to the poor upon an average at twelve a groat or from three shillings to four shillings the hundred after or during november the sprat and place season begins the regular street fishmonger however seldom deals in sprats he works those only when there is no other fish to be got he generally considers this trade beneath him and more fit for women than men those costers who do sell them dispose of them now by weight at the rate of one penny to twopence the pound a bushel averaging from forty to fifty pounds the place season continues to the first or second week in may during may the casualty season is on and there is little fish certain from that time till salmon comes in and this is about the end of the month the salmon season lasts till about the middle of july the selling of salmon is a bad trade in the poor districts but a very good one in the better streets or the suburbs at this work the street fishmonger will sometimes earn on a fine day from five shillings to twelve shillings the losses however are very great in this article if the weather prove bad 
if kept at all over it loses its colour and turns to a pale red which is seen immediately the knife goes into the fish while i was obtaining this information some months back a man went past the window of the house in which i was seated with a barrow drawn by a donkey he was crying fresh cod oh a penny halfpenny a pound cod alive oh my informant called me to the window saying now here is what we call rough cod he told me it was three days old he thought it was eatable then he said the eyes were dull and heavy and sunken and the limp tails of the fish dangled over the ends of the barrow he said it was a hanging market that day that is to say things had been dear and the costers couldn't pay the price for them he should fancy he told me the man had paid for the fish from ninepence to a shilling each which was at the rate of a penny a pound he was calling them at a penny halfpenny he would not take less than this until he had got his own money in and then probably if he had one or two of the fish left he would put up with a penny per pound the weight he was working was twelve ounces to the pound my informant assured me he knew this because he had borrowed his twelve ounce pound weight that morning this with the draught of two ounces in the weighing machine and the ounce gained by placing the fish at the end of the pan would bring the actual weight given to nine ounces per pound and probably he said the man had even a lighter pound weight in his barrow ready for a scaly customer after the street fishmonger has done his morning's work he sometimes goes out with his tub of pickled salmon on a barrow or stall and sells it in saucers at a penny each or by the piece this he calls as fine newcastle salmon there is generally a great sale for this at the races and if country people begin with a pennyworth they end up with a shilling's worth a pennyworth the costers say makes a fool of the mouth if they have any on hand and a little stale at the end of the week they will sell it at the public houses to the lushingtons and to them with plenty of vinegar it goes down sweet it is generally bought for seven shillings a kit a little bit pricked but if good the price is from twelve shillings to eighteen shillings we are in no ways particular to that said one candid coster to me we don't have the eating on it ourselves and people ain't always got their taste especially when they've been drinking and we sell a great deal to parties in that way we think it no sin to cheat em of a penny while the publicans takes a shilling towards the middle of june the street fishmonger looks for mackerel and he is generally employed in selling this fish up to the end of july after july the billingsgate season is said to be finished from this time to the middle of october when the herrings return he is mostly engaged selling dried haddocks and red herrings and other casualty fish that may come across him many of the street fishmongers object to deal in periwinkles or stewed mussels or boiled whelks because being accustomed to take their money in sixpence at a time they do not like they say to traffic in half pennyworths the dealers in those articles are generally looked upon as an inferior class there are during the day two periods for the sale of street fish the one the morning trade beginning about ten and lasting till one in the day and the other the night trade lasting from six in the evening up to ten at night what fish is left in the forenoon is generally disposed of cheap at night that sold at the latter time is generally used by the working class for supper or kept by them with a little salt in a cool place for the next day's dinner 
if it will last as long. Several articles are sold by the street fishmonger, chiefly by night. These are oysters, lobsters, pickled salmon, stewed mussels, and the like. The reason why the latter articles sell better by night is, my informant says, because people are lofty-minded, and don't like to be seen eating on em in the street in the daytime. Shrimps and winkles are the staple commodities of the afternoon trade, which lasts from three to half-past five in the evening. These articles are generally bought by the working classes for their tea. Billingsgate. To see this market in its busiest costermonger time, the visitor should be there about seven o'clock on a Friday morning. The market opens at four, but for the first two or three hours it is attended solely by the regular fishmongers and bummeries, who have the pick of the best there. As soon as these are gone, the costers' sale begins. Many of the costers that usually deal in vegetables buy a little fish on the Friday. It is the fast day of the Irish, and the mechanics' wives run short of money at the end of the week, and so make up their dinners with fish. For this reason the attendance of costers' barrows at Billingsgate on a Friday morning is always very great. As soon as you reach the monument, you see a line of them, with one or two tall fishmongers' carts breaking the uniformity and the din of the cries and commotion of the distant market begins to break on the ear like the buzzing of a hornet's nest. The whole neighbourhood is covered with the hand-barrows, some laden with baskets, others with sacks. Yet as you walk along, a fresh line of costers' barrows are creeping in, or being backed into almost impossible openings, until at every turning nothing but donkeys and rails are to be seen. The morning air is filled with a kind of seaweedy odour, reminding one of the seashore, and on entering the market the smell of fish, of whelks, red herrings, sprats, and a hundred others, is almost overpowering. The wooden, barn-looking square where the fish is sold is soon after six o'clock crowded with shiny cord jackets and greasy caps. Everybody comes to Billingsgate in his worst clothes, and no one knows the length of time a coat can be worn until they have been to a fish sale. Through the bright opening at the end are seen the tangled rigging of the oyster-boats and the red-worsted caps of the sailors. Over the hum of voices is heard the shouts of the salesmen, who, with their white aprons, peering above the heads of the mob, stand on their tables, roaring out their prices. All are bawling together. Salesmen, and hucksters of provisions, capes, hardware, and newspapers, till the place is a perfect babel of competition. Handsome cod, best in the market, all alive, alive, alive-o. You, you, here's your fine Yarmouth bloaters, who's the buyer? Here you are, governor, splendid whiting, some of the right sort. Turbot, turbot, all alive, turbot. Glass of nice peppermint, this cold morning a halfpenny a glass. Here you are at your own price. Fine souls, oh. Oy, oy, oy. Now's your time. Fine grizzling sprats, all large and no small. Hello, hello here. Beautiful lobsters, good and cheap. Fine cock crabs, all alive, oh. Fine brill and one turbot. Have that lot for a pound. Come and look at em, governor. You won't see a better sample in the market. Here, this way. This way for splendid skate. Skate, oh, skate, oh. Had, 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 haddock, all fresh and good, currant and meat puddings, a halfpenny each. Now, you muscle buyers, come along, come along, come along, 
now's your time for fine fat muscles here's food for the belly and clothes for the back but i sell food for the mind shouts the news vendor here's smelt oh here you are fine finny haddock hot soup nice peas soup all hot hot ahoy ahoy here live place all alive oh now or never woke 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 who'll buy brill oh brill oh capes capes waterproof capes sure to keep the wet out a shilling apiece eels oh eels oh alive alive oh fine flounders a shilling a lot who'll have this prime lot of flounders shrimps shrimps fine shrimps wink 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 hi hi here you are just eight eels left only eight ho 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 this way this way this way fish alive 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 oh in the darkness of the shed the white bellies of the turbots strung up bow fashion shine like mother of pearl while the lobsters lying upon them look intensely scarlet from the contrast brown baskets piled up on one another and with the herring scales glittering like spangles all over them block up the narrow paths men in coarse canvas jackets and bending under huge hampers push past shouting move on move on there and women with the long limp tails of codfish dangling from their aprons elbow their way through the crowd round the auction tables stand groups of men turning over the piles of soles and throwing them down till they slide about in their slime some are smelling them while others are counting the lots there that lot of soles are worth your money cries the salesman to one of the crowd as he moves on leisurely none better in the market you shall have em for a pound and a half crown oh shouts another salesman it's no use to bother him he's no go presently a tall porter with a black oyster bag staggers past trembling under the weight of his load his back and shoulders wet with the drippings from the sack shove on one side he mutters from between his clenched teeth as he forces his way through the mob here is a tray of reddish-brown shrimps piled up high and the owner busy sifting his little fish into another stand while a doubtful customer stands in front tasting the flavour of the stock and consulting with his companion in speculation little girls carrying matting bags that they have brought from spitalfields come up and ask you in a begging voice to buy their baskets and women with bundles of twigs for stringing herrings cry out half penny a bunch from all sides then there are blue-black piles of small live lobsters moving about their bound-up claws and long feelers one of them occasionally being taken up by a looker-on and dashed down again like a stone everywhere everyone is asking what's the price master while shouts of laughter from round the stalls of the salesmen bantering each other burst out occasionally over the murmuring noise of the crowd the transparent smelts on the marble slabs and the bright herrings with the lump of transparent ice magnifying their eyes like a lens are seldom looked at until the market is over though the hampers and piles of huge maids dropping slime from the counter are eagerly examined and bartered for one side of the market is set apart for whelks there they stand in sackfuls with the yellow shells piled up at the mouth and one or two of the fish curling out like corkscrews placed as a sample the coster slips one of these from its shell examines it pushes it back again and then passes away 
to look well round the market. In one part the stones are covered with herring barrels, packed closely with dried fish, and yellow heaps of stiff haddock rise up on all sides. Here a man walks up with his knot on his shoulder, waiting for a job to carry fish to the trucks. Boys in ragged clothes, who have slept during the night under a railway arch, clamour for employment, while the heads of those returning from the oyster-boats rise slowly up the stone sides of the wharf. The costermongers have nicknamed the long row of oyster-boats moored close alongside the wharf Oyster Street. On looking down the line of tangled ropes and masts, it seems as though the little boats would sink, with the crowds of men and women thronged together on their decks. It is as busy a scene as one can well behold. Each boat has its black signboard, and salesman in his white apron walking up and down his shop, and on each deck is a bright pewter pot and tin-covered plate, the remains of the salesman's breakfast. "'Who's for bakers? Who's for archers? Who'll have Alstons?' shout the oyster merchants, and the red cap of the man in the hold bobs up and down as he rattles the shells about with his spade. These holds are filled with oysters, a grey mass of sand and shell, on which is a bushel measure well piled up in the centre, while some of them have a blue muddy heap of mussels divided off from the natives. The sailors in their striped guernseys sit on the boat sides smoking their morning's pipe, allowing themselves to be tempted by the Jew boys with cloth caps, old shoes, and silk handkerchiefs. Lads with bundles of whips skip from one boat to another, and seedy-looking mechanics, with handfuls of tin fancy goods, hover about the salesmen, who are the principal supporters of this trade. The place has somewhat the appearance of a little Holywell street, for the old clothes trade is entirely in the hands of the Jew boys, and coats, caps, hats, umbrellas, and old shoes are shouted out in a rich nasal twang on all sides. Passing by a man and his wife, who were breakfasting on the stone coping, I went to the shore, where the watermen ply for passengers to the eel-boats. Here I found a crowd of punts, half filled with flounders, and small closely packed baskets of them ranged along the seats. The lads, who act as jacks in the water, were busy feeling in the mud for fish that had fallen overboard, little caring for the water that dashed over their red, swollen feet. Presently a boat piled up with baskets shot in, grazing the bottom, and men and women blew with the cold morning air stepped out. The Dutch-built eel-boats, with their bulging, polished oak sides, were half hidden in the river mist. They were surrounded by skiffs that ply from the Surrey and Middlesex shores, and wait while their fares by the fish. The holds of these eel-boats are fitted up with long tanks of muddy water, and the heads of the eels are seen breathing on the surface, a thick brown bubble rising slowly and floating to the sides. Wooden sabots and large porcelain pipes are ranged round the ledges, and men in tall fur caps, with high cheekbones and rings in their ears, walk the decks. At the stern of one boat was moored a coffin-shaped barge, pierced with holes, and hanging in the water were baskets shaped like olive jars, both to keep the stock of fish alive and fresh. In the centre of the boat stood the scales, a tall heavy apparatus, one side fitted up with the conical net bag to hold the eels, and the other with the weights and pieces of stone to make up for the extra draught of the water hanging about the fish. 
when a skiff-load of purchasers arrives the master dutchman takes his hands from his pockets lays down his pipe and seizing a sort of long-handled landing-net scoops from the tank a lot of eels the purchasers examine them and try to beat down the price you calls them eels do you says a man with his bag ready opened yes answered the dutchman without any show of indignation certainly there is a few among them continued the customer and after a little more of this kind of chaffering the bargain is struck the visitors to the eel boats were of all grades one was a neatly dressed girl to whom the costers showed the utmost gallantry calling her my dear and helping her up on the shiny sides of the boat and many of the men had on their blue serge apron but these were only when the prices were high the greatest crowd of customers is in the heavy barge alongside of the dutch craft here a stout sailor in his red woollen shirt and canvas petticoat is surrounded by the most miserable and poorest of fish purchasers the men with their crushed hats tattered coats and unshorn chins and the women with their pads on their bonnets and brown ragged gowns blowing in the breeze one in an old table-cover shawl was beating her palms together before the unmoved dutchman fighting for an abatement and showing her stock of halfpence others were seated round the barge sorting their lots in their shallows and sanding the fish till they were quite yellow others again were crowding round the scales narrowly watching the balance and then begging for a few dead eels to make up any doubtful weight as you walk back from the shore to the market you see small groups of men and women dividing the lot of fish they have bought together at one basket a coster as you pass calls to you and says here master just put these three halfpence on these three cod and oblige your party the coins are placed and each one takes the fish his coin is on and so there is no dispute at length nearly all the busy marketing has finished and the costers hurry to breakfast at one house known as rodway's coffee house a man can have a meal for one penny a mug of hot coffee and two slices of bread and butter while for two pence what is elegantly termed a tightener that is to say a most plentiful repast may be obtained here was a large room with tables all round and so extremely silent that the smacking of lips and sipping of coffee were alone heard upwards of one thousand five hundred men breakfast here in the course of the morning many of them taking as many as three such meals on the counter was a pile of white mugs and the bright tin cans stood beside the blazing fire while rodway himself sat at a kind of dresser cutting up and buttering the bread with marvellous rapidity it was a clean orderly and excellent establishment kept by a man i was told who had risen from a saloop stall opposite to the corn exchange were ranged the stalls and barrows with the street eatables and the crowds round each showed the effects of the sharp morning air one a jews had hot pies with lids that rose as the gravy was poured in from an oil can another carried a stone jar of peppermint water at a halfpenny a glass and the pea soup stand was hemmed in by boys and men blowing the steam from their cups beside these were jews with cloth caps and knives and square yellow cakes one old man in a corner stood examining a threadbare scarf that a cravatless coster had handed to him 
coffee stalls were in great plenty and men left their barrows to run up and have an oyster or an hot heel one man here makes his living by selling sheets of old newspapers at a halfpenny each for the costers to dress their trays with though seemingly rather out of place there was a mosaic jewellery stand old umbrellas too were far from scarce and one had brought a horsehair stall for sale everybody was soon busy laying out their stock the wrinkled dull-eyed cod was freshened up the red-eyed gurnet placed in rows the eels prevented from writhing over the basket sides by cabbage leaves and the soles paired off like gloves then the little trucks began to leave crawling as it were between the legs of the horses in the vans crowding thames street and plunging in between huge wagons but still appearing safely on the other side and the four thousand costers who visit billingsgate on the friday morning were shortly scattered throughout the metropolis end of section eleven